Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. It's my pleasure to announce the 24 winner of the Hurt Trophy, the Leon Dreisaitl. Leon Dreisaitl hammers it home. Nugent Hopkins and Yamamoto with the helpers. Dylan Holloway, University of Wisconsin. We have a star in the making right now for the Edmonton Oilers. Now we've got a wild scrum with fights breaking out all over the place. Jason's looking like he's picking the right time to get hot here. This is Ryan Nugent Hopkins from your Edmonton Oilers. We're a really good team. And, um, you know, we know that. and just trying to go out there and show that every game. I'm James Neal. Down on this. Jajar Kara from your Edmonton Oilers. This is the battle of Alberta we've been waiting for for three decades. Pass Archibald Mike Smith, Leon Dreisaitl. This is Connor McDavid from your Edmonton Oilers. And this is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Unbelievable. Brought to you by Digitex. Managed print services to keep your printing costs down. Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A. What a stop me by Miko Koskinen. Now, Bob Stoffer on the official station of your Edmonton Oilers. 630 Chad. where, in my opinion, the cover destroys the original piece of work. A band that was once criticized for their name by a one-time Toronto mayor. That is the Barrett Naked Ladies with the remake of uh, Lovers in a Dangerous Time. Of course, originally a Bruce Coburn song from back in the day. This is Oilers Now. Hope you're having a wonderful Wednesday. We have a jam-packed edition of Oilers Now brought to you by our title sponsor, Digitex. Buy or lease your next office network printer from the Digitex.ca e-commerce store. Alberta's number one owned and operated place to buy office IT and supplies. Our regular Wednesday contributors to the show will join us today on Oilers Now, including the number one pick from the 1983 NHL entry draft. Uh, He had a successful NHL career, went on to be one of the biggest agents in the business, starting up Octagon Hockey, later a general manager of the Tampa Bay Lightning, currently with the NHL Network, but uh, seemingly, well, He's been reached out to multiple times for potential positions in management over the last uh, several years. A guy who's become a very popular guest on the show over the last 15 months, Brian Lawton. He'll join us at 12.35. At 105 today, from the cult of hockey, David Staples, who also has the unenviable task of writing and talking about COVID on a daily basis, 
for Post Media here in Edmonton. And at 135, our NHL insider, and that is John Shannon, whose appearances are brought to you by Legacy Heating and Cooling. Get no payments and no interest for one year on new furnace purchases. We will uh, also get into a couple different things uh, during the course. Uh, World Juniors, NHL, and uh, PA negotiations. We're going to re-run a a little bit of Mark Spector's appearance, courtesy of Horse Racing Alberta, on yesterday's edition to the show on our Oilers Now Audio Vault for Direct Workwear. Now, yesterday, uh, the province laid it on the line at 4 o'clock yesterday. Significant, uh, well... Suffice to say, new and more uh, stringent, delineated, call it what you want to call it in terms of rules set aside for all of you out there that are affected, uh, that are in smaller businesses and that sort of thing, maybe are responsible for a lot of people. My heart goes out to you. These are incredibly challenging times. I'm going to tie it back into something. I I heard a couple people over the last 24 hours say, oh, this year is an asterisk year in sport. You know, it just is. Like, you can't take it. you, you got to take a team winning a championship this year with a grain of salt. And uh, on the Ashley Fine Floors text line at 780-496-0063, Ashley Fine Floors, ready for your kids' pregame warm-up. I'm not sure what's going to ultimately get played and what does not get played. The NFL is trying to conclude the season. The NCAA is trying to conclude a season. They play one game a week. Um, in the case of the NFL, they have testing every single day. I think the same thing occurs at uh, the major NCAA institutions. It's remarkable given the amount of people that are around those programs. I mean, Baltimore, obviously, the Ravens were in action last night. Lamar Jackson saying after the game it felt like he hadn't played football forever just in terms of how his body was reacting. I am not from the school that everything is an asterisk. If anything, and Brendan, I'm going to get your thoughts on this as we go into today's top story brought to you by Legacy Heating and Cooling, pay no overtime rates on 24-7 service and repairs. We know the NHL and the NHLPA are talking. They're targeting a mid-January startup. We know that the plan still is at this time for the World Juniors to uh, take effect as they go into a bubble here in Edmonton. I, I personally look at teams being able to overcome this and maybe some people think it isn't fair because COVID ultimately might hit some teams and some organizations differently than others. But to me, it is not an asterisk year. To me, if anything, you have to. It, it might even reveal more about your organization and reveal more about the depth that you've built or a country's depth in an international tournament. It's it's such an incredibly challenging time that I don't think that it should be viewed upon negatively. Uh, and, and I know there's people listening right now on those stations or sit there and say, nope, we shouldn't have sports. We shouldn't have everything. There are people out there that think that way. Um, as long as I continue to be paid full. But that's another conversation for another time. So, so Brendan, tell me, are you from the school? I want to know what the listeners think. Is it an asterisk year or is there some empathy for what teams and organizations go through to compete at the highest level on a you know in the case of football on a week by week basis, if we are fortunate enough to have everything come together uh, for a World Junior Championship or the upcoming NHL season or in the NBA, do you look differently at the Dodgers for winning the World Series 
Is that an asterisk here? What do you, what do you think about that? It's an interesting one, and I think that maybe maybe in the more immediate future, there's going to be a tendency to apply an asterisk. And in and, and my opinion, Bob, that's going to depend entirely on the execution of things from the, the standpoint of, you know, exactly how impactful is COVID going to be uh, taking teams, you know, out of the regular schedule or whatever. If it's not overly interrupted, I think that, you know, there's a good case that, yeah, we'll probably just chalk this up the same way we would a lockout year, let's say. But if we do run into a situation where there's some teams who maybe don't get an equal crack at things because in a lockout, of course, everybody comes back and they're playing under the same parameters in theory, you know. And with this situation there is the potential for one team to be at a a tremendous disadvantage versus another, even if it's something like the taxi squad up from the AHL, for example. So that's a valid point. This this one might have the propensity to have an asterisk, but you know, 10 years from now, when we look back on this, I think it'll be less. So I wonder 10 years from now, and I hope to be here 10 years from now, but if we look back at this, how differently we might view things uh, at that time. I mean, I'll give you an example. The Baltimore Ravens, okay, realists. So they found out they had, and I, I think I got the number right, three separate strains of COVID hit their team at different at, at different times, and that's what makes this such a, a challenging situation. And, and, it, you know, and I think most of us have come to appreciate because of the various forms of lockdowns that have occurred and how industries have changed and you know we've had we have we've got multiple uh, restaurants as an example that are directly affected by uh, and that has to be an you know an incredibly challenging decision for any government to deal with doesn't matter if it's a NDP government or a or a, a, a UCP government, right? I mean, it's that's that's to be cast in that position and to be set and to have everybody evaluating uh, things. And you have, especially in these times that are ridiculously polarized. I mean, it's it's off the charts. And it, I don't know about you, but it seems, and maybe it's just a byproduct of Twitter, but it seems like on a day to day business, we've never, in many respects, been further apart. But I just, when it comes to sport, I want to know what people think. Like, is it an asterisk? Like, if Baltimore misses the playoffs by one game. You're going to say, well, they would have made that playoffs that year, except they had a nasty COVID run go through their organization, take their quarterback out of the mix for a key game against the Steelers. Uh, maybe they win that game if they have Lamar Jackson. He was the reigning MVP in the league last year. That might be a fair com- comment to make. I'm going to be really intrigued to see how things play out. And I do have empathy. It, it doesn't matter if the NDP was in position making the decisions or the UCP, uh, who currently, by the way, had 54% of the vote in the last uh, provincial election uh, when Rachel Notley was in with the NDP. They're at about 40% that year. Uh, And we have challenges in this province, just the rural vote is completely different than the vote in the cities. And I think most of us that listen to the show fundamentally understand that. But I I have empathy for people making those decisions. Now, a lot of those people are getting paid full and so I have a lot of empathy for the people out there that have lost their jobs or have seen their businesses substantially reduced or cut or that sort of thing. The one thing I don't have empathy for is the opportunism that seems to exist for the negative commentary that gets directed the province of Alberta's way at times and how people use statistics. So 
I'm going to give you the, the, the brass facts on real numbers. There is no question right now that we've got a significant spike in COVID in the Edmonton region, in particular in the province of Alberta. We all know that. You'd have to be uh, completely blind to the reality of the situation not to recognize that that is occurring. Here are the up-to-date moments. Just Just for the writers in Ontario or the professors in Ontario who want to belittle Albertans, and I'm going to stick up for Alberta. The team's called the Oilers. I think you know which side of the ledger I'm on in this. But just the updated numbers, okay? Deaths per million. Quebec. I have nothing but empathy for the position that Quebec has gone through. 854 deaths per million. Manitoba. I have nothing but empathy for the position that people in Manitoba are going through right now. 304 deaths per million. Ontario. For, and I'm using uh, just StatsCan's population guidelines of quarter number three in 2020 here. Ontario, now up to 260 deaths per million. Alberta's at 145 deaths per million. BC is at 106 deaths per million. So you might make an argument based on those numbers that BC's done a pretty good job from a provincial perspective. Why someone in Ontario would feel the necessity to pound away at Alberta on a daily basis. And you know what? These numbers can change, and Alberta's numbers can increase. And I hope for everybody out there right now that they don't have this enemy, and the virus is the enemy, uh, affect them. And I know a bunch of you have already had to go through that. But uh, I, I think what we, we need is empathy and understanding. So I, I just I get a little bit a little bit frustrated when it seems that we have a province and some some people in, uh, and we, you know, I joke about it with Elliot about, you know, how do you change a light bulb in Toronto? You hold it there and have the rest of Canada revolve around it. But the fact is there, there's, there seems to be, and it, it kind of perpetuates, frankly, into some Albertans' perspectives that other parts of the, the, the country just simply don't like us. I don't buy that. I, I just say there are some individuals that do seem to enjoy taking shots. And, uh, you know what, in this situation, I think it's tough to gauge any provincial political party. Like, I, a lot of things went wrong for Quebec to be in a position where that 854 deaths per million. By the way, just in terms of Alberta being at 145 deaths per million currently, that would be the second lowest number of any U.S. state. Only Vermont has a lower death rate than Alberta, and Vermont has 625,000 people. So those are some numbers. Do with them what you want. They're real. They're updated. We're in a real situation, and it does factor sport on a multitude of front, which is we've been discussing on a daily basis on this show, and that's just the reality of the scenario and the reality of the situation. I personally, like, I don't look at Tampa Bay winning the Stanley Cup and think, yeah, well, yeah, whatever. It was Now, you could turn around and say, well, Stoffer, you dismissed a four-game. You said not to overreact to a four-game uh, playing series against Chicago. That's completely different. A seven-game window, it's a seven-day window, is completely different than what Tampa Bay accomplished over the course of two months. Like that was pretty impressive what Tampa Bay did. Frankly, it was pretty impressive what Dallas did too to go that long. I, I can't imagine. Think, hey, we'd all love to make the money, but to be cooped up in that situation, like those two organizations were for, and and it might have even been tougher on Dallas than it was on Tampa because Tampa at least got to do a little bit of travel. It's not perfect. 
you know, a lot of their traditional liberties have been taken away from them. So I don't look down upon teams that accomplish results during this time because of the challenges we have. I actually admire. Uh, but, but I guess maybe it depends on how you, you know, maybe you're one of those guys that's just out there and you hate everything and you just want to whine and complain. You don't have any actual solutions to anything, but that's just what you do. You're that guy. You know, I'd my, my experience hosting shows for the last... 17, 18 years is about 98% of the people out there are not like that. You can text us at any time in the Ashley Fine Floors text line 780-496-0063. Ashley Fine Floors ready for your kids pre-game warm-up as we go into the orders now. Audio Vault for direct workwear supporting local Canadian manufacturers in Edmonton and online at directworkwear.com. Mark Spector was on the show yesterday. He penned a piece about the World Juniors, and it's tentatively slated to go ahead. Again, we got a lot of challenges out there. Uh, Spec had this to say on the status of the World Juniors. Well, here's the issue, right? They're okay with, like, we've had issues with the U.S. roster. They had to knock some kids off and replace them because of COVID. Sweden has some guys today and some coaches. Um, uh, Switzerland, uh, Germany, sorry, has had some issues as well. Obviously, Canada's had their issues. The deal is, if you contract COVID anytime from November 29th on, coach or player, you cannot come to Edmonton. So the players that the Swedes lost today, the coaches that the Swedes lost today, they're not going to come show up halfway through. They're done. So this is okay, Bob, because all these teams can replace players and show up. They'll be little, you know, they might have lost some good players, but they're going to show up with teams. The issue is going to be if COVID runs through one of these teams in the next, you know, 10 days from now, right before they're ready to, you know, play in Edmonton or get to Edmonton, I guess. So it'd be more like four or five days from now. If there's an outbreak on a team like Finland, let's say, four days from now, and they can only they only got 12 players, then they'll have to pull out to have an 18 tournament. So right now is a real, real important week for this World Junior. I believe they'll get it off, Bob, but they're sure nervous about getting these teams into the bubble, getting them here healthy. It's got to happen. Uh, and it's, The next few days are going to be pretty, pretty scary for those guys. And it's a battle, it goes uh, without saying. All right, into the text on the Ashley Fine Floors text line. I asked you, uh, is it an asterisk for you, or do you respect more of the teams that are able to accomplish uh, championships and have success uh, dealing with a worldwide pandemic? This text comes in out of Edmonton. It says, no asterisk here, Bob. Uh, the top teams still rising to the top, and all teams have to battle the same circumstances, so it's an even playing ground. Big Rig Butcher out of Brandon says, uh, Bob, Good example, just uh, thought here. Tuka Rask opted out of the playoffs. If a star player opts out, it clearly affects the outcome. Then it's hard for a fan not to put an asterisk on the season. See, and that's that's a legitimate uh, legitimate point. I don't think there's uh, any question about that. Another texter uh, cheers from JR in Calgary. says, Bob, do you think the 2020 play-in series loss mirrors the 82-83 Finals lost to the Islanders. Um, the boys in the bus had to lose first to understand how to become champions. Chicago was a ton of Hall of Famers like the Islanders did back in the day. Uh, well, let's not forget Edmonton won three playoff rounds back in 82-83. I mean, I've actually brought up the 81-82 series as a reminder to... <laughs> You'd be surprised who texted me after the Oilers lost to Chicago. But um, Edmonton lost that series 1981-82. 
in which the Oilers set a record for goal scoring during the course of the regular season. They finished 48 points ahead of the LA Kings. Edmonton had what turned out to be seven Hall of Famers on their team. They had three games at home at Northlands Coliseum in that series and lost to five games against the team that I mentioned. They finished 48 points behind them in the regular season. Okay. And now I'm told, and I don't remember it being that harsh, but there was some criticism directed towards some of the Oilers' young players at that time. I chalked that one up to a learning experience, especially after the run that uh, the Oilers took everybody on during the course of 1981, where the Oilers beat Montreal. Uh, Again, you can text us at 780-496-0063 Ashley Fine Floors text line. And let's go into, uh, we're going to marry the two breaks here, Brendan, uh, as I was uh, rambling Rob Stoffer to open up the show today. Uh, let's get into NHL today. It is brought to you by our friends at Elite Promotional Marketing. They are an Edmonton-owned and operated company. And I'm just looking, where did the, there it is right here. Uh, your local branded merchandising specialist, head to ElitePromoMarketing.com. What do you got, Brent? All right, well, the Vegas Golden Knights reportedly shopping uh, Jonathan Marcheseau and have made Max Pacioretty available for trade as well. The 32-year-old Pacioretty has three years left at $7 million per season. Good luck trading that one. But the Knights are in a cap crunch, so they don't have a choice but to look for that. Uh, he had 32 goals and 34 assists in 71 games last season. Production's obviously still there. That's just a big price tag. Uh, Philadelphia Flyers re-signing restricted free agent defenseman Philip Myers for three years. Total of $7.65 million there. He's up to 71 career NHL games played. Uh, Predators third round draft pick Luke Prokop signed his ELC today. Commissioner Gary Bettman uh, once again suggesting that Canadian division likely is going to be a necessary thing when the season starts. Uh, they broke down the realignment, pretty much what we've been hearing uh, for the last couple of months now. 19-year-old German forward Elias Linder testing positive for COVID-19. He's now out of the upcoming World Junior Championship. He is uh, joining Lucas Reichel on the sidelines, the Blackhawks' first rounder. He's already been ruled out for the same reason, as was Sweden's goalie coach today. That is the fourth staff member to go along with four Swedish players that are now no longer eligible for the tournament, Bob. What were the first two things you mentioned? Sorry. It was Pacioretty and okay, uh, and yeah, Marcia yeah, yeah, So. Yeah, yeah. All right. So on Pacioretty, here we go. I just, because I, I, a special shout-out to Al Prokop, uh, the gang out of Blackhawk. Congratulations on uh, Luke getting signed. It's a, it's a step on that journey. Um, back to Max Pacioretty. Do you recall? Here, I just, I'm just going to take you through two trades. The Vegas Golden Knights, do you recall what they gave up to get Thomas Tatar? Wasn't it like a first, a second, and a third? You got it, brother. First, second, and third round draft choice in different years, albeit, but they gave up a one and two and a three to get Tatar. He had like six points in 20 games in Vegas. Uh, that was their first year in the NHL. Then they flipped Tatar along with Suzuki and a second to get Pacioretty. And now, because we're at a cap uh, crunch, because we're, we're going to have a flat cap, now we're hearing rumblings that either Pacioretty or Jonathan Marsh's show are available. Wow. You take a look at By the way, uh, Pacioretty had 34 goals, 66 points last year. Tatar had 61 points last season for the Canadians. He's a UFA at the end of the season. He's making $4.8 million. I had this conversation with somebody else today on that. It's quite a, a confluence of events, how it's worked out involving Max Pacioretty. If he did. And I'm let, I'll, I'll throw a wild card out there for you, Brendan. You want a wild card? Should we have some fun with this? Let's do it. Calgary? Makes sense? Oh, they missed on Hall. Maybe. 
They would have to make another move uh, because of the $7 million price point. And then what Vegas could do is turn around and sign somebody cheaper for a year. Uh, maybe they go get Hoffman. Maybe Hoffman at $4 million or something like that. And then that way they would have the requisite cap space. Uh, I'm led to believe that Leonard should be ready to go fairly quickly until the start of the – when we get back up and at him. Just, uh, I don't know. I wonder whether or not there might be a place in Calgary. All right, uh, 12.29 in Edmonton. Off to a global news weather traffic update with the second biggest Boston Bruins family in the 6.30 Ched, uh, uh, fan in the 6.30 Ched family, and that is uh, Randy Kilburn. And then we will be back with Brian Lawton from the NHL Network. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 6.30 Ched.